episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I chat with small business owners, early career professionals, all about their journeys, perspectives, pieces of advice, and just about their passions. Now, with me today is Anna Murphy, the founder and owner of Raleigh Blooms. Anna started Raleigh Blooms from her love for finding the joy in simple things, She creates beautiful custom bouquets for a variety of events here in the Raleigh area. And on this episode, we discuss how she balances her side hustle, which is Raleigh Blooms, with her full-time job. We talk about how nothing is permanent, and she gives advice to other small business owners, which is to take it slow. Such as a sneak peek of this amazing episode. Now, before we hear from Anna, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. really helps us out, and you can also follow Follow us along on mostly all social medias. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support and happy listening. Now let's dive into Anna's episode. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And as I do for every episode, would just love to hear from you, Raleigh Blooms' mission and, you know, kind of the idea of how this business came to be. Just give us some some background. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just our our idea, our mission. We just really believe that lovely blooms bring joy to spaces. Flowers are really unique in that they're super temporary. We love them. They brighten spaces. They bring joy in a simple way. So I I just love playing with them, messing with them. I actually, you know, I have nothing to do with flowers in my like past and um, my education. I have a degree mm-hmm. in textiles. I have a full-time job where I um, do a lot of organizational development and change management. And this is just a side hustle that I have and and have recently started and have grown to really love. So (laughs) that's kind of the the little gist about us. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask if you always loved flowers or something like that. So why? I mean, you explained why flowers, but how did it start, right? Like where did the idea come from? Oh, I'll start a business or a side hustle uh, about flowers. Yeah, yeah. So um, honestly, during the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, um, I was kind of just looking for some hobbies, looking for some things to do. Uh, I started kind of just, I went to Trader Joe's and I just bought some flowers, thought that might be a fun thing to do on a weekend. Or And so I, I just played with them. I posted on Instagram just because, you know, do you do anything if you don't post it on Instagram? <laughs> and a friend of mine just said, hey, can I buy this from you for my sister? And I said, of course, why not? And kind of from there, it just snowballed into, you know, people buying things from me on Instagram. And then eventually I was like, okay, I need to make this an LLC. And so mm-hmm. had to get all the right <laughs> business entities in place. But yeah, it just really has snowballed into something. Um, I really, I mean, I love learning new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I typically learn by by doing. Okay. So I like uh, knowledge that has application. So it's been really fun to not just think or learn something um, about all these different types of flowers and seasons, but be able to actually do something with it has Mm -hmm. been really fun. That's neat. I love how, you know, sometimes it just takes that one person to offer you money for it, right? And then you're like, oh, wow, this could, oh, like this could be something. (laughs) It's just that one moment. (laughs) That's cool. Did you have to do a ton of research on the like I'm 
assuming the flower world is like huge, like there's got to be so much to learn there, right? How, how do you kind of start with that? Was it just first putting together bouquets that from your eye looked beautiful or were you researching? Is there a science to it? What's that like? Yeah, well, I mean, like Trader Joe's and other like Wegmans type grocery stores have um, a lot of flowers available for most of the year. So in the beginning, it was just going to Trader Joe's or those places, picking out flowers that I thought would look fun together and then putting them together. But I've had the floral community is pretty small, even though it seems really big Mm -hmm. and people are really willing to share and help. I took, did some free webinars and things like that about different types of flowers. So it's not just you know, you don't always want a big focal flower in every arrangement that that can't make up the whole arrangement, kind of talking about the difference between greenery and Mm. um, foliage and medium flowers that actually tie together some elements of the larger flowers with the smaller flowers, accent flowers. So there's kind of some industry language around those Mm -hmm. things. Um, But really, I think flowers are a great space where you can give the same bundle of flowers to three different florists, and they will come up with three completely different arrangements just based on how they see flowers and visualize flowers. So I love to kind of look at people I admire either on Instagram or other places and try to do what they did. It always ends up looking completely different than mm-hmm. theirs, but kind of practicing different techniques and styles is, has been really fun. Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's an art just with flowers, right? Instead of paint. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And arranging art, right? Taking something that already yeah. exists and kind of organizing it into a way that makes sense. Yeah, that's really neat. And do you still get a lot of your flowers from like Trader Joe's, Wegmans or Are you able to partner with, like, are there flower farms down here? Is that a thing? Yes. In Raleigh, well, in this, like, area of North Carolina, we have an abundance of flower farms, which is great. They, of course, because of our, like, climate and our soil, can only grow a certain amount of things and a certain Mm -hmm. type of flower. So I try to utilize them when I can. But now as a, like, a business, I can wholesale flowers. So there are times when I'll go to Trader Joe's just to either I need something quick, like I have a last-minute order and I don't have time to like order flowers I'll, I'll try there um but mostly i'm i'm looking at wholesale flowers that um it's like this company's job to find flowers from all over like the country or the world and bring them to you in one space at the right time <laughs> okay that's very cool and so diving into your flowers and and what you sell so if you know someone listening is interested in getting flowers from you i'm assuming they go to your website right and like what types of offerings would they see there yeah they're welcome to go to my website i'm pretty active on my instagram so they can message me there get a that's honestly how i ran most of my business for the first year i didn't even have a mm-hmm. website i just did it through instagram so um we do you know custom bouquets so like if a birthday or an anniversary or, or something like that comes up um, we do just single bouquets of course we do you know weddings and events um, we have a limited number of those throughout the year and then i actually this has been one of the most fun things for me is i've been doing wholesale bouquets for local store owners so places like Raleigh Cheesy and Triangle Mm -hmm. Pop-Up they all have like physical locations and they can wholesale purchase like mini bouquets for me and sell them um, with their other merchandise so that that's been really fun 
And then this isn't flowers, but I do day of coordination as a part of my business. I really, I just love the wedding space. I love um, being a part of people's big days. And so that's another thing I offer as well. And I've been really picking up with that this year. Um, So of course the name Raleigh Blooms doesn't necessarily (laughs) note that, but it's been a really fun part of, of what I do. Yeah, well, you can make an event bloom. Maybe that's how you can (laughs) tie that in. That's a good one. Yeah. So day of coordination, does that mean, just describe that a little, right? If I'm having a wedding, do I call you up the day of and and ask for your help? Like, what is is that? Yeah, Yeah, that's a a great question. So a lot of venues will require this, but um, even if it's not required, I would always recommend it. Basically, it would be my job on that day to make sure that the timeline of everything that you have said you want to happen actually happens. The whole point of a day of coordinator um, is to make sure that your family and you um, are not making big decisions or try to organize large groups of people. They're actually enjoying your day and spending time together. So I start working with clients. I book clients six to nine months in advance. Okay. And then I start working with them. Like I send them a big detail packet three months in advance. And then the month of the wedding is when we ask a lot of questions, get a lot of details. I'll send a final timeline and I won't actually meet you until your rehearsal where we'll actually get the timeline together. Basically just making sure everything happens smoothly. So you and your family don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense that it's not, Hey Anna, I'm having a wedding in two hours. Can you come help? <laughs> yes, that would be, you know, honestly, though, some people seem to do that with like, if they don't have a day of coordinator, they're just like, find a friend at the wedding. And they're right. like, hey, can you go meet my caterer outside yeah. and grab this, you know, 200 food uh, person dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, that's cool, though, that you offer that service as well. That's pretty neat. And I'm assuming you can't ship your flowers, right? Are you just local right now? Yeah, right now I'm just local. Um, The farthest I think I've driven, um, I mean, of course, for weddings and events, I've gone out of town. But in terms of like a a bouquet or two, they can't be shipped right now. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. So what has this journey been like? I mean, I know we dove into it a little bit how it started and how you know, you're just picking up some flowers and did your research and stuff. And it's evolved from there. But any major steps or challenges or just moments that stand out to you from when you started your business to now? You know, anything you want to share or reflect on? Yeah, probably the the biggest step, um, which I feel like every local or small business has to experience at some point is, okay, when do I turn this from a hobby into like a legitimate business? When do I make the decision that I'm just going to go for it or I'm just going to wait? Mm-hmm. Um, and the most helpful thing for me in that decision um, was some really good advice that not everything is permanent, right? There are some things in life that are permanent and we should Mm -hmm. think really hard about them and we should make really wise decisions in those areas. But things like this, you know, I could do this for a year. I could do this for 10 years and I kind of get to decide when I start and when I stop, that's a real privilege I have of, you know, having a full-time job and this on the side, I'm not relying on this for income. So I have the option to do what I want with this. So This is a great season of life for me to try new things and experience new people. So I decided, you know, the the complications of having a hobby where people pay you um, get complicated really fast. So Mm -hmm. I I became an LLC and got my website, got all the right things in place with taxes and everything. And that was so that was probably the biggest decision for me. But yeah, just realizing that everything is is permanent. Yeah, I really like that mindset. And I would assume the 
barrier for people to of turning that hobby into a full-time business or more than just a hobby like you're speaking about is maybe the finances that you have Mm. to put up front so we don't need to go into specifics but (laughs) did you have to put up a lot of money to get it started or was it not like that you know I feel like some businesses you have to you know buy the equipment like if you're a baking business or something like the industrial equipment and that costs thousands of dollars but what was your experience like with that yeah I mean so I'm always the biggest proponent even in my um, typical full-time job you should always try things on the smallest scale that you Mm -hmm. can before Mm -hmm. you make them big right so um, in my business people pay ahead of time for flowers right you don't pay for flowers on the spot so that's helpful and that I'm receiving the income before I actually have to make the flower order because Mm -hmm. I never order flowers without someone's final payment. That is a big help in my industry. But you know, kind of doing whatever you can with what you have, right? I would never obviously, you know, recommend that you if you've never baked anything, or you've just made a few cakes that you would go and completely redo your kitchen to be industrial, um, right? Go ahead and rent out a, a kitchen or rent out a space. There are so many options to try things on a small scale. Like, like I said, before I paid the big bucks for a website that I really like, I did most of my business on Instagram. So there are so many ways that if you are passionate about something and you want to continue that I would just consider how can I do this with what I have right now? Um, Because we're more resourceful than I think we think we are. (laughs) Of course, the next big step after that, that most people ask is like, okay, when do I Like if you have a full-time job outside of this hobby business, like when do you quit your Mm -hmm. full-time and really commit to this? And I would say that there just should be a lot of time and wisdom in that. You know, if you're regularly turning away business, um, if you, you know, have done a lot of profit projection work to make sure that you could make up for that income if it's necessary to you Mm -hmm. and your family. So there are a lot of big decisions like that down the road, but I think anyone can really start something, especially with things like Etsy and Instagram. Any passionate person can really turn, you know, what they see as beautiful into something that the marketplace would enjoy having, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really great advice because I could see people getting lost in the the big goal of having your small business be full time and thinking if I'm going to start this, I have to go all in, right? It's all in or nothing. And to your point, that's not necessarily true. Like starting it small and then scaling and learning along that way, you're going to learn so much. And I think it probably takes a little bit of patience because it is exciting, right? You do want to dive in. You want to be able, well, maybe not everyone, but some people probably just want to be able to quit their job and do this fun business idea they have. But you have to take it step by step and really be smart with your decisions. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, that actually really helps too with like what I like a lot of people call the cost of learning, right? Mm-hmm. So we pay a fee to ourselves or to the world because we don't know something. So yeah. If you start really big, you're going to pay so much more in failure cost than if you start really small. Like I, one time I did a workshop with just to test it out, really enjoyed it, but I way overpaid for my flowers. I actually ended up, I I lost money on the order, which was fine because I enjoyed the experience and I learned so much. But if I had made this like a massive scale piece of my business without having that done that first one, I would be in big trouble losing a lot of my own money. So yeah, yeah, just taking the time to do things in a small kind of dedicated way so that you don't have to have as much cost to learn, right? Mm -hmm. You could learn in a cheaper way. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And 
to that point as well, not getting lost in other people's success. Like I, I've, that's been a big lesson for me this year specifically. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, some people might go faster, maybe in six months time, they're quitting their job and taking their business full time. And someone like you personally might want you as anyone might want to take a year to get to that point, two years, right? And that's okay. You have to go along your timeline at your pace. And I think that's so important to, to remember, especially in this conversation here, this topic that we're discussing. Yeah, that's really, really great advice. Anything else that comes top of mind in terms of advice for other small business owners or people wanting to start a small business or already have a small business? Just any other top lessons that you've learned? Yeah, I would say um, I'm a huge fan of very clear boundaries. So my number one piece of advice would always just be like set clear values based, Mm -hmm. I mean, set clear boundaries based on your values. You know, I work, like I said, I work a full-time job outside of Raleigh Bloom. So I say no to a lot of really great things because I value my job. I value, I want to give a certain level of expertise to my customers. And I know that I won't be able to do certain things because of the other job that I hold. Setting even clear boundaries, not even professionally, but I really value time with my husband and my friends and my community. And so I actually turn off access to my social media at 6 p.m. every night just because I want to be present in the moment. I don't want to be answering things or worrying about who liked my pictures, right? I turn Mm -hmm. off. I don't actually have any notifications on my Instagram. Um, I try to turn off my emails just because that's a value that I hold really highly. So um, I think as artists um, or even creators, small business um, owners, we don't want to say no to a customer coming to us. Yeah. Um, I think there's a place where we need to learn where our customer is and say yes when we can. But I'm getting really good at saying no to things that don't really match what I value in life or um, what I want out of this business. Yeah. So that's that's a hard one because it's a continual work, right? You can't sure. do it one time, check off the box of I set boundaries and then be done. It's a continual work of, oh, wow, actually, this client has come to me with this request and it doesn't actually fit into any of my categories of yes or no. So yep. a new boundary has to be created. So yeah, continual work of boundaries, but that's that's always been really helpful for me. Yeah, I love what you're talking about. It's really your personal principles and your business principles as well. And having that set list and staying true to them lets you say to your point, yes or no to those incoming opportunities. And again, you mentioned, you know, oh, you might have to add a principle or edit one or remove one depending on where you're at in life, right? We all grow and evolve. And Mm -hmm. it seems you're very strong in, in those principles. And I think that's such a good practice just in life in general, no matter what you're doing. (laughs) For sure. It definitely, it definitely bleeds into others in my life too. But you know, it also saves a lot of time, right? Like how horrible would it have to be every time I get an inquiry to decide if it's something I want to do, even being clear on my website or my Instagram, what it is I provide so that people don't have to waste their time inquiring with me. So it's not just something that's good for your mental health. It's like good for your time schedule and, and what you're, you're actually spending your time doing. Yeah, exactly. You're not saying yes to an opportunity that doesn't serve you and in turn doesn't serve your customer, whoever's asking you about it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm totally with you. That makes sense. Are there other ways that you're able to balance? Because you have, you know, Raleigh Blooms, like you said, is kind of your side hustle, side business. And then you have your full-time job and family, friends, and I'm sure other hobbies and interests. And I love that best practice of shutting off the notifications, you know, past 6 p.m. Anything else you've learned that is just a nice tips or trick to incorporate into your life that helps you kind of harmonize with all that going on? 
Yeah, yeah. I think another big thing you kind of mentioned this earlier is just defining what success looks like for mm -hmm. your business or your hobby. Because success for me does not at all look the same as other florists, um, other business owners, because I just want something different out of this. I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy meeting new people, bringing something that is seemingly separate and adding them together. Like that's why I love flowers. So I love providing flowers for people, but I don't necessarily have the vision of me doing this full time every weekend, a bunch of weddings, right? So for me, balancing those other passions I have is just, again, sitting down and saying, what do I value in life? What do I think is my purpose in life? And what does success look like in all of these areas, relationships, business, full time work, family, how can I be successful in those on my skin on like what I say is successful and not necessarily, you know, what another business owner would mm. say is success. I really love that. Like I said, it's been a topic that's been top of my mind this year. And yeah, just specifically like, you know, success to me is being able to have dinner with my husband and hang out with our two dogs and not have to work till 8pm, right? Like, sure, I could work till 8pm. That's something I could choose to do. And I'm sure that would provide me with opportunities that I probably don't have stopping at 5pm, mm -hmm. right? But but what is success? Success to me isn't working till 8pm and getting that promotion a year early and stuff like that. So I just really relate to that. I think that's just such a good piece of advice and sometimes takes a while to really understand that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really important too in a, a social media age. So I mean, mm -hmm. I I don't hate on social media because it obviously has helped me have the business I have. But personally, I barely use social media because okay. the comparison game is just, I mean, C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, even said, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, right? And mm -hmm. joy is a big part of what I believe I do at Raleigh Blooms. And so I don't need to take the space and time to compare myself in other unhealthy ways. To I'd love to learn from other business owners and right. others, but... I use social media for the tool that it is and pretty much nothing else. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I mean, I'm at the point where I like I have a personal Instagram and then of course the podcast Instagram and on my personal one, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I just want to <laughs> live my life. Like besides my close, you know, friends and family who I actually enjoy seeing their their photos. I'm like, man, I just I just don't care anymore. It's just not worth my time, <laughs> which like might sound harsh, but I think it's just about why scroll for days and to your point, like comparing yourself to others when you could instead be living your life, right? And finding your success. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another piece of advice on that. So a lot of people don't like this idea, especially creatives, which, you know, it's take it or leave it. But mm -hmm. I actually have my phone turned on to black and white mode almost all the time because it, it keeps me from the endless scroll. It's my phone yeah. is not as engaging to me. Of course, when I'm taking pictures, editing photos, I'll turn it back on. But, you know, keeps me in the real world instead of being <laughs> engaged by the phone, which, you know, I enjoy spending time with my clients or wherever mm -hmm. it is that I am, it allows me to, you know, actually be present in the space right. that I'm in, um, which again, brings me a lot of joy. So every person has to define what that, um, what success looks like and what they want out of their business. Mm -hmm. And if those kind of tools help. <laughs> yep, for sure. And you said black and right, white, right? To that, do you mean like your phone is literally no color? It's just in black and white? 
Yeah, I have a oh, cool. You can do yeah. that through the like accessibility uh, sure. settings on an yep. iPhone, and I just with a I can triple click the on button and oh, it okay. turns back to color. But it's oh. just a way. It's completely black and white. All of my apps, all my photos, until I turn it back on, which just keeps me from always needing to be. I mean, it does something with our brains, right? Where we are mm-hmm. engaged by it. I mean, I'm a florist. I know about color, right? People are engaged <laughs> by color. They're drawn in by it, and. Um, I don't always want to be that way with my phone. So right. that's just another little tip I found out recently that iPhones can do that. So <laughs> That's really neat. I love that tip. I think that's great. I never would have thought about that. Yeah, like that shiny pink whatever Instagram icon just calling your yes. name. But just turning <laughs> off that color, it just makes it more boring. Yeah, that's yep. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's great. <laughs> Excellent. So I don't think you had any experience, right, running like your own business prior to founding Raleigh Blooms. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Do you have a small business community, like people you chat with or partner with, or is there, you know, others in your life who you're able to just talk about running a small business with? Because that's it's a hard job, right? Challenges come with that. <laughs> I'm just curious if you have that sense of community, especially because that's been such a theme on this podcast is yeah. everyone says like, oh, the community I have and people I can talk with is just so immensely helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so my mom is a, a business owner as well. She's a she's similar to me and that she has a full-time job and then she owns her another business on the side. Yeah. And so I kind of just grew up with that as like normal life. I saw her, you know, do the taxes for the business herself and all the invoicing and everything like that. So she's been a really big help to me on the business side of okay. things. I've definitely leaned on her for that. I think the internet has just been so helpful. You can really find almost anything for free online, like searching different invoicing systems, all that stuff I use for free, um, YouTube videos on how to do or not do things. That has probably been most helpful for me because I can rewatch it over and over and over again. I do have some friends in the the flower industry, which are super helpful. One of the things that I, it's kind of a, not a pet peeve, but I'm a little disappointed with in the floral industry is people are much more closed, secretive about um, how they price things. They're not necessarily in style or if I'm, if I, you know, Instagram DM a florist and I'm like, Hey, what is this flower? I've never seen it. So helpful. So friendly there. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to um, how do you source materials and what do you like charging and mm-hmm. how can I make sure that I'm, you know, creating a sustainable business. I've had a harder time finding that info from fellow florists, but you know, I understand it's, it's pricing, it's their livelihood. Like that can be a, a hard balance there. So I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or anything. Sure. Just, I was a little surprised at how close fisted that was. So I've had to do a lot of more trial and error in how I price things yeah. just because of that. But um, yeah, overall, very cre- from a creative sense, the, the industry has been super helpful in uh, helping me learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting about the pricing. I wonder if that is uh, unique to the flower industry because yeah. other, other products, right? They're listed on the website. Like this is X amount yeah. of dollars, but custom services and products is tends to be contact me and we'll work, you know, we'll talk and then here's (laughs) the price. So I wonder, yeah, I'm sure there's other industries out there that are like that, but probably a little more rare 
for the price not to be just on the website. Yeah. Well, if there's any florists who are listening to this now and they need someone who's made all the mistakes and lost (laughs) all the money on orders, give me a, shoot me an email and I'll, I will not keep it a secret from you. I'd be happy to share. (laughs) Yeah. So it's probably that way in other industries, but Mm -hmm. I don't see why it has to be. We're all, we're not really competitors in a lot of ways. What I provide is completely different than a lot of other florists, especially uh, florists in other cities, um, I find they can be the most open because they know I'm not going to take their <laughs> clients. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I feel similarly about this pricing topic for salaries, right? Like at my corporate job, like I think we truly all mm. benefit if we were just open about <laughs> what we make. And but that's just such a really long time held, I don't know, like practice to not talk about pricing to not talk about money. And I don't know, I'd be curious if we just all opened up about it, what would happen? <laughs> Yeah, money is kind of a taboo topic yeah. unless, I mean, I have a group of group of people I call a small group. We get together regularly through my church and we tend to be more open about our finances because we have we hold similar values and mm-hmm. try to spend our money in similar ways. So maybe that could be a, a barrier is that not everyone has the same values with how we spend money. So we True. might feel a little embarrassed or, you know, unsure if we can share that kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, I'm very open with with it. So if anyone's listening and needs some help, just shoot me an email. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I <laughs> uh, wanted to talk about the the future and kind of if you have any specific goals for Raleigh Blooms that you wanted to share or for your future in, in particular. I know you mentioned, you know, you might do Raleigh Blooms for 10 years or two years. Like that's kind of open-ended. But do you have any big plans for the business or things you want to complete or yeah goals for the future yeah um well I mean I I started this because I like to try new things and Mm -hmm. I think that I just want that to continue I have this like growing list of oh I want to try this maybe this would be a good time like um I recently you know I love this company Oxford Pennant they like make (laughs) little um, pennants and banners of of felt and stuff and with my textile background I'm really into it um and so I was like wouldn't it be so fun to have like instead of a card pick have like a felt little pennant pick Hmm. so I tried that tried a bunch of other things um honestly the list that I have right now of goals is usually just I want to try that. So I'm I'm starting to get a little bit more into floral contracting, which has been pretty fun. So Ooh. basically, like there's another flower shop or florist that exists, and they're running the whole event or the wedding, and I come in as like a second to just literally just be another pair of hands. Yeah. And that has been so fun for me because I get to experience flowers through the lens of another artist. I think every person sees flowers and shapes differently, colors differently. So I love to, you know, get with another florist or another artist and have them instruct me on how they perceive their flowers to look. So that has been a really cool way to get a firsthand understanding of another florist's style and ideas. Um, So I hope to do more of that in the the near future. But we'll see how we'll see. That's kind of you don't really post that on Instagram, right? Right. You have to know people in the industry and different contexts. So I'm kind of growing that list and Mm -hmm. hopefully can continue to do that um, some more. That's neat, though. I didn't know there was this much you could do. And right, I really know nothing about the flower industry. So this has been (laughs) awesome just to hear more about it and the things you could do. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. Like go help out 
you know, another artist at an event and because you know the way of the the flower game. So you could just help them out. Like, that's neat. I never would have thought about that. Yeah, yeah. The mechanics of flowers are all pretty similar. And like I said, mm-hmm. we have a lot of like industry lingo of different types of flowers and yeah. how you put them together. Um, it's really just finishing touches that seem very specific mm-hmm. to an individual color palettes. And a lot of that's decide, decide um, ahead of time by the florist to an event. So it's really easy to just jump in and be another pair mm-hmm. of hands. Right. No, that makes sense. Do you ever work with fake flowers or do you only work with live flowers? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't work with fake flowers usually. So people tend when they want to do fake flowers for like an event or wedding, I've gotten some inquiries about them. People think that it's going to be cheaper because Mm -hmm. they're fake, but actually fake flowers can end end up being much more expensive because the Mm -hmm. point of fake flowers is that you keep them. So, you know, if anyone's interested in fake flowers, I recommend renting them. There's a lot of shops that do that. You can like rent a fake bridal bouquet, some really high quality fake florals. But yeah, I prefer, I mean, I just really love the temporary state of flowers. They are just here and gone. And I I really enjoy that aspect of them. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful for a season and they're not in the next and another season comes. So I tend to work with real flowers. Yeah, no, I can totally see the the beauty in that. Um, Do you have a, a favorite flower? Oh, that is a great question. It really, gosh, it just depends on what I'm doing and Uh the the work that I'm doing. Of course, like everyone loves a good peony, which are like those really big, layery flowers. Mm -hmm. Ranunculus are really fun. They're the kind of small, they're really popular these days. I've been really recently trying to find different types of like foliage and greenery. Mm. I'm trying to learn more how to kind of go out into nature and like find different things myself. So that I it always changes, but I would say those those things have been fun recently in this season of year. Very cool. Has your love for the flowers turned into any like gardening at your own home or is it really staying with within Raleigh blooms? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. So I, um, I have been a plant lady since before okay, um, okay. Raleigh blooms started. So I live in an apartment right now and it's filled with plants that will not stop <laughs> growing. We actually just purchased a home. My husband and I am really oh, excited congrats. to move in. And I mean, I don't even know how we got it, but this could be one of the reasons we wrote in our letter, um, the back of this house has a greenhouse already in it. (laughs) It's already in the backyard. And so I feel like I'm really excited to kind of tackle that, learn how to grow in a greenhouse because I've obviously never had the space to do that before. So that's kind of another thing I see in the horizon of, you know, something I want to learn and figure out is how I can utilize that greenhouse space. That's awesome. Congratulations on <laughs> on the house. That's so exciting. I can't wait to see see photos on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Very neat. Well, Anna, my last big question on every single episode is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And of course, it can be Raleigh Blooms, can be on a totally different topic, just kind of that first thing that comes to mind. I, I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> and I said, Anna, you need to think about this. I have a really hard time thinking about specific moments and mm-hmm. instances. Honestly, like, I think I'm really proud of just the life that we've built up to now. I mean, um, I don't really have a specific instance or moment or achievement. I've done, I've gotten to do so many crazy things. I've been blessed and privileged to be able to do some things that I never thought that I would be able to do. And I think just the combination of those playing out in who I am today is probably something that I'm just most excited about, most proud of. So I, I wish I could give you like a moment, but 
that honestly, I really think that a great life is just built over a lot of seasons of faithfulness and dependence and, you know, trust and things that you believe in. And so for me, that's what I would say has just been really sweet to see is just an over time, little moments of, you know, courage or honesty building into, you know, kind of who I am today and what I enjoy. No, I think that's great. And it, it sounds like your proudest accomplishment is the big picture, right? It's yeah. kind of all of it put together. I, yeah, I think that's excellent. I love that answer. I'm glad it counts as an answer. It was worth Yes, it know. does. <laughs> will it not count? <laughs> no, you will. We'll keep it in. You passed. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Um, and thank you so much, Anna, for, of course, being on virtual coffee and for this lovely conversation. And before we sign off, where can people find you and Raleigh Bloom's uh, social media website, etc. Shout them all out. Yeah, so they can um, find our website at RaleighBlooms.com. Our Instagram is just at RaleighBlooms. Our email is hello at RaleighBlooms.com. You can reach me at any of those. Um, I'm kind of the one managing all of those right Mm -hmm. now. Um, I'd love to hear any questions or just thoughts or if you're like a local business owner who regularly listens to this podcast and you're like, hey, I want to sell flowers at my shop wholesale, reach out to me. I'm always looking for new people and places. So yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Anna. This was awesome. And I hope everyone checks out Raleigh Blooms and their beautiful, beautiful flowers. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 